Hi, and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar, who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms, we too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. And here's your host, life coach and consultant, Lori Sauce who goes most commonly by her nickname, Sauce. Hello, it is Sauce. Welcome back to the podcast. How is it going? I hope that you are well. I have Stephen Page back on the podcast, and he is back to talk about why it's important to take personal responsibility for your health journey. And at various times in this podcast, we've talked about health or body image and I think about this all the time. And how do you feel about this? Like, how does your body, mind, spirit, and soul all interplay? How does one affect the other for you? And so today, Stephen brings a lot of insight as well as his own personal experience when it comes to the importance of navigating a health journey. So, what do you do if? you're not feeling well, or if you have a health challenge, how best can you look after yourself? And how can you best find help? It can be really tricky to navigate these waters. And also, there can be sometimes an interplay between finding our own metaphorical voice in these areas. And so Stephen brings his beautiful heart and his incredible insights, his intelligence, his experience, that can be really helpful if you're navigating this path for yourself right now, or it's just really great information to tuck away. Stephen and I have known each other since high school, and I can say that everywhere he goes, he is beloved. So in many ways, this might feel like a friend's advice, while also Stephen comes with so much expertise. He is the founder of Delta Hollywood Productions. He is an analyst manager consultant, and he is fluent in things like accounting, audiovisual planning, and business and informational technology. He has worked in many different industries in various positions. So yes, he just brings um, an immense well of knowledge. And so I think you will sense that within his personhood. And also, Stephen, he is just fun to be with. He loves alpine skiing, yoga, swimming, sailing, golf, CrossFit. He loves music. Oh my gosh, if you want to know anything about music, ask Stephen. (laughs) He is a wonderful human being, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Here he is, Stephen Page. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Stephen Page back on the podcast. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm so glad to have you back, Stephen. Your episodes have been so well loved. And today, Stephen is here to talk about why it's important to take personal responsibility for your health journey. And Stephen, I'm just going to hand it right over to you because I know that you have a lot to share today and I'm so excited to hear. So thank you for having me back. Good to hear everybody out there again or see everybody out there again, so to speak. So we're talking a little bit about health journey today. And 
because of the nature of what I've done in my career, one of the places I worked at was a health company, right? I worked there for almost 10 years. And one of their tenants was, you know, we have to be compassionate about people calling us because when they called us, there was something going wrong. Their child was sick or something was going on. Mm. It was a traumatic thing to their family that this was happening. And so within the last six months, I've had something similar happen to me where I had something, a chronic illness that couldn't be sought or couldn't be couldn't be captured initially with my normal everyday going to tech, see my doctor and those kind of checkups kind of things. It was something that was happening to me hereditarily, not for what I was doing, not for the smoking or the drinking or the lack thereof or all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But in going through that process, realizing, hey, this is what you have to do. You have to, you know, these are the things you have to be put in place now. And we need to get you to a certain place to have this procedure to remove those things that were inside you. And going through that journey was a little bit frightening because didn't really understand what, you know, understood what was going on, but understand how it happened because of the way I lived. I'm very healthy. I'm very athletic. I don't smoke. I drink very rarely, but yet I still have something that those things who did, who didn't do those things had. Right. And so what I really ended up finding out was it was my genes. It was in my, it was from my parent, my dad, my, my dad and my mom. Those are the things that you get that you can't account for, but how you react mm-hmm. to them is how you get through those things. And so this journey had me going through literally four different hospitals in a bunch of different, sorry, there's a hot, there's an ambulance going right by my house right now because I live yeah. close to a hospital, which is apropos <laughs> it to this. like sound effects. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so and going through a bunch of different not hospitals. Not to make light of it at all. No, but, not yeah. at all. Um, but to get right. to uh, eventually the hospital that actually can do the procedure and get me fixed. But during that journey, there were things that, you know, we're going to bring stuff to you and we're going to give you this medication. And my thing was always, hey, so what is this? What are you giving me? What's it going to do? What are the side effects? And asking those pertinent questions and then having someone, because I was conscious, I was conscious enough to ask those questions for myself, but I also had an advocate there, my sister, right? Who could also ask those, que- those kind of questions like, what's going on here? What are you giving him? Or what's he doing? What, what's, what, where are the side effects from this? That, so the two of us there, and plus I have, I have two other family friends that are doctors, one an oncology doctor and one is a dentist, but they can ask the right questions too, because that medical background. And so Going through that transformation, understand, okay, this is what you need to do. This is where we're going to send you to get your, get your things fixed. And once that happens, here's what your journey is to get back to where you think you want to be, right? And understanding, hey, what are the pros and cons of doing the surgery, doing this or doing that or taking this medication? And you need to understand what those things are for you so that you know how to react or how not to react or what things you need to do differently or things you can do actually the same. But it's important that you ask those questions understand, okay, so what are you going to do? Where are we going with this? What are the medications I'm taking? What are the side effects of those medications? And what are the medications supposed to do for me? And being sure that you ask those questions in such a way that you get explanations that you understand. You don't want to have someone speak to you in a language that, I mean, it's like going to somebody and asking somebody a question in English and they come back to you in Greek and you have no idea what they just said, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Part of understanding what's happening to you is getting that explanation to you in a way that you understand. In California, there's a stipulation that we have to teach you in a language what you learn, whether that's English or Spanish or Croatian or Latvian or Swedish, right? That's one of the tenets of being living in California. Well, if you don't ask the questions to your healthcare providers, whether that be a doctor or a nurse or whoever it was, hey, give it to me so I can understand it. What are you guys doing here? Give it to me in plain English. So that you have an understanding of, hey, this is what they're going to do, and this is what they're going to try, and this is what's going to work, and this one may not work. But you have to understand 
what those things are that they are doing to you so that you understand, okay, so how do I have to rebound from this? What do I need to do to, to make this more effective and make this more efficient so that I get the health I need, I get the wealth I need, the welfare I need, I get the, the benefit of making sure that you know, this modern medicine is actually going to work for me. Or for the person that you are advocating for, whether that be your partner, your spouse, your child, your parents, right? So I'm, I'm at the age of 57. Maybe you may be 57 or maybe you might, might be younger or maybe you might be older. But understanding how you advocate for either yourself, your spouse, your children, your parents, it goes a long way with how well their care is. And for the fact of what you're looking at doing is making sure that they're going to be okay. And that might mean things might be different for your parents, your spouse, your partner, your children going forward because of whatever this health challenge or whatever the thing they've gone through that, hey, things need to change now because of the fact that, yes, you're getting older or you're getting to an age where this is no longer available for you and that you need to say, okay, I need to do something different now if I'm going to be able to do these things that I enjoy doing, like listening to music. Well, maybe as some people's parents are getting older, they get less and less hearing aid. Maybe they need a hearing aid. Or as your children get older, one of the things you know children do as they get older, they grow, they get bigger. They need bigger shoes, they need bigger clothes and all that kind of stuff that goes with that. You know, and so how you make those adjustments and just giving them a bowl of chicken soup may not just be it for them if they have a cold. You might need to give them Vicks Vapor Rub and you might need to have them sit down and lay down for a little while and make them take a nap to help them get better and have their system reset itself. Those are all the things that you need to do as your body changes. Because one of the things about things in life is life is about change. And as we get older, our bodies changing, the environment's changing, what we do, what we did before isn't what we do now or what we're going to do in the future. And you need to figure out how do you do those adjustments. And taking care of your body or your healthcare, that's one of those adjustments you need to make. The things I was doing at 20, I didn't do at 30 and I didn't do at 40 and I'm not doing at 50. But there are some things that I am doing. I'm no longer running because of some things with my knees, but I'm still doing CrossFit. I'm still skiing like I did when I was 30. Well, not as good as I was doing when I was 30, but I still do it. But you have to make those adjustments because of your age, because of the wisdom you've gotten or the things that you say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to do that any longer because X. And I've consciously made that change to make sure that, hey, I want to be able to do, still do enjoy some of the things I enjoy, but I might need to do them in a little different way. All right. So, you know, looking at those kind of challenges or those things that, hey, just things have changed because of life. Things have changed because I've gotten to a point where I'm past this point where I used to be able to do this and now I don't want to do that any longer. I want to do something else. Stephen, so many things you just covered. Thank you. I first want to say I'm just so glad you're okay. And I know that you, you always come through life in these inspiring, beautiful ways, and you always show up in love. And, and I know we're speaking on a really practical level right now and an ins- inspirational level, but I wanted to just acknowledge that even though we're speaking from all the things that you learned through this experience, just me personally, and I'm sure everyone who's grown attached to you in this podcast are glad that you're okay. And I, sort of gushed all that out to your sister back, you know, earlier when she was texting and emailing. So thank you. I'm so glad you're okay. And I think just health problems in general or health challenges are common to all of us because these bodies, as miraculous as they are, there's always something that comes forth. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did this thing happen all of a sudden? And you're so right that we really do need to tend to these things. 
And what's so fascinating by what you shared is that one is that we need these bodies to live, to express ourselves, to pursue our passions, to enter into love relationships, friendships, et cetera. These bodies are our vehicles, right? So it is so important to take care of it. And at the same time, I think healthcare can be really confusing, really expensive, and we can feel disempowered sometimes. And I also think that it can, for some people, um, or it can sometimes tap into those wounds or those stories of authority figures, like that we can't question them or that we lose our voice around them. And that's exactly what you're navigating is that you do have a voice and here's how. Exactly. Would you say? Here's one of the things that I think I learned from my father. And um, this is very on early in when I was in elementary school. And he was like, look, you know, yes, you have to follow these people's directions, but they don't have the ability to, you know, tell you certain things. And you, you have my permission to call them on, call them on the carpet, so to speak. Right. And that stayed with me throughout all of the schooling I've been through. And beyond that, right. I remember working for a guy and he was the CEO of the company and people were definitely afraid of this guy. Like they, they, you know, to the tomb where we're sitting in a, in a conference room, getting ready to have lunch with him. And he wants to hear from the normal folks, what's going on. And I get in the room and, you know, I'm like one of the last people to show up and no one's sitting down. What, why don't you guys sitting down? Oh, we don't know where he's going to sit. Like, well, what difference is it? Well, we don't want to sit next to him. I'm like, okay, first your logic is flawed because if you're sitting next to him, there's less likely he's going to call on you because you're next to him. He's not going to look at you. He's going to look at the person across <laughs> from you. But in, anyway, but why are you so afraid of this guy? He's a, he's a guy. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, puts his shirt on one arm at a time like everybody else does. What's there to be afraid of? And we watch the medical shows, and I, I know I grew up watching Emergency, and the, there's Grey's Anatomy and St. Elsewhere and all these other, all these other shows, where it's like, oh, the doctor, he's God, he's God, he thinks of himself, or she thinks of himself as God. It's like, no, they're not. They're people. They're people just like you and me. They might have some more education about how the body works, but they're people. And so those people, just like you, you can ask them questions. They actually expect you to ask them questions. And if you don't, there's like, oh, we're just going to do what we're going to do. And we're, you're going you're gonna to take what we're going to take. It's like, well, no, I actually want to know. And this is why I want to know. And this is what you're, what you're doing. And how is this going to affect me? You have to ask those questions to advocate for yourself. Because if you don't, in this country, in the United States, we have a higher infant mortality rate than I think we should have for being a first world country. And part of those, that reason we have that infant mortality is we don't have people asking enough questions about what's going on with my child, mm. what, what's going on with this, how this is happening. You know, I'm not feeling well, and people, doctors, not believing. Like, wait a minute, she just said she wasn't feeling well. Why don't you do anything about it? We have that happen in this country, in, in the United States. It doesn't happen as much other places. Part of it is because people think the doctor, you know, because I'm just some country guy and I went to high school and that's all I went. This guy went to college and has a graduate degree. I should be listening to him or her. Answer is no. They're there to guide you about what they're going to do for you and with you, but they're there with you. Not They're not their authoritarian person over you to tell you you're going to do this because I said so. And I think a lot of people need to advocate for themselves so that that doesn't happen to them. Their healthcare should be with them, not on them. It's so nice to know or to remember that we're at choice and so many medical professionals are here in service and they really want to be there. They're in a healing profession. I know not everybody, you know, we all have variances, but to know that we have choice and to know that one person might not have the answers. Stephen, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but back before I got 
my life-saving liver surgery, which I know you know about. Before that, I went to a surgeon at a really renowned hospital here in Los Angeles, and I was barely able to get out of bed for more than a year, maybe a few years. Like I wasn't functioning at all, and I was sort of on a slippery slope, as my doctor would have said. And I went to the surgeon, and he said, there's nothing that we can do for you. I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. We can try this one thing, but the odds of you surviving it are very small. So I think you should just go home. And I was devastated and I was so afraid. But, you know, there are so many more choices. And once I got online with a support group and talked to some friends, I found different doctors and a different story. And here I am (laughs) in such a different place. So I really appreciate what you're saying. How did you feel when you were going through your journey? Well, part of it was I'd had literally two different sets of doctors tell me this is where you need to go get fixed. And for some reason, I ended up at a third hospital and they told me exactly what the first two did. And so they then I finally get the opportunity to get down there through some cajoling is a probably a very basic term for, for what I was doing. <laughs> Uh-huh. If some people, if you got close to my room, you knew I was yelling at somebody because I was like, "This, you guys, aren't, whatever this is, is going to stop right now because the next call is not going to be so nice and the call after that is even going to be worse. And the call after that is going to be to a friend of mine who is a lawyer who works at ABC News in New York. And at that point, I got what I needed and I got moved to where I needed to be. Right, but were they not paying attention to you or something or what oh, was going on? It, 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 it was health plan not doing what I think it should have. And so okay. basically said, I, I don't think you're doing what you think you should be doing to get me get me the help I need. Gosh, you really ran into some bad stuff, it sounds like. It it was it wasn't bad stuff. It was more like the more along the lines of, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go by the numbers here and we're not gonna we're not gonna look at them like look, I've heard from not one doctor, not from two doctors, but now three different doctors have said the same thing. When are you guys gonna get it? Because at this point, I am through. I'm done. I'm done listening to you guys trying to transfer me to some place that I can't get the surgery at. What I eventually did was end up at a place that in the Los Angeles County area, probably maybe 10 of these surgeries were done last year. Maybe 10. And I'm being high with the number. I'm guessing high with the number. Mm. In the place I ended up at last year, they averaged 3.5 a week last year. And last year was a slow year because they did 182. Last year, they did 220 the year before. So I'm like, mm-hmm. would you rather be at a place that does them as an anomaly or a piece that does them on a regular basis? Well, of course, I want to be someplace who does them on a regular basis because they would have seen everything having done this. I was surgery number 4,733, right? Wow. So understanding- Yeah, hey, they were this very is, experienced. They were very experienced. And so sometimes you have to, and literally they were so experienced that for the surgery I had, people flew in from all over the world to come to that place mm-hmm. to get this surgery. So understanding what it is you have, how it can be taken care of, asking the right questions, and maybe getting a second or a third or a fourth opinion about what can I have, what can it do, what will work, what will not work, you know, based on my age, my body type, how I live my, you know, what kind of things I do, active I am, I'm, I'm not, what I eat, those kind of things. So one of the things about this healthcare journey was because I am active and because of the way I am fit and whatever, that's how this got caught because one side of my heart was larger than the other which is opposite of what was normal, but that got caught because I'm such an active person. The heart was trying to pump through this inclusion I had in my body and that enlarged it because okay. of me being active. 
Now, me not being active, if it would have been caught, don't know. But I know how I am, and so that saved me. And so that's one of those things you need to do is you need to advocate for yourself. You need, you need to be not only transparent with yourself, with the people around you who are trying to help you, but understand, hey, you know what? I need to take personal responsibility for what's going to happen to me next. Yes. And you're so in tune with your body too, which I think is really something to trust. And you yes. are well researched. So, okay. Well, Stephen, I'm going to bring you back next week if you don't mind. Not a problem. And let's let's hit on anecdotal lightness or things that are funny. I know already that you have something. So a couple of weeks ago, I worked on in Southern California and it's award show, right? The Oscars were this last weekend. The weekend before I worked on a an award show for music supervisors, right? And one of the first presenters for that music supervisor award was Debbie Allen. For those of you who don't know Debbie Allen, a TV show that used to be on a long time ago called Fame, she was the dance instructor of that show. She also has directed a bunch of shows. She actually, I think one of the things she's directing right now is some segments of Grey's Anatomy. She did a show that was after Cosby called A Different World. She was the director of that show for a little bit. She's yes. done a lot of things. She's a choreographer and a lot of stuff, and, and she has things here in LA. Her sister is Alicia Rashad. It was Cosby's oh, wow. wife on yeah. the Cosby show. That's her, I'm not sure if it's older or younger sister. That's her sister. And so she was presenter for the first award at the night. So because of the job I have, I'm, I'm the person to make sure the presenters get to the stage. Debbie came down after her award. So I walked her all the way back down to my area because they wanted to do some film with her and take some pictures with her. Well, there's a guy there who was an artist and he had sung a couple years back. And we had talked a little bit before because I'd met him someplace else. And he's kind of whispered, hey, hey, I need to get a picture with Debbie. Can you make that happen? I'm like, come on, let's go. And so he was like, what? And his eyes lit up like a kid. And so oh, I said, hey, Debbie, yeah. you know, this is my friend, Alo. He wants to get some pictures with you. And she's like, oh, she recognized him immediately. So they come in and take a bunch of pictures, right? And they talk for a little bit afterwards. He came, guys, me, gives me a big hug. He goes, dude, that was awesome. And I'm like, no, no problem. But it was really cool to be in that space, to be able to help two people. One person I manly respect and Debbie Allen for the stuff that she's done on going back and going forward. And then a guy whose music I listen to, and he's a great person. And it's like, why wouldn't I put these two people together? But it was really cool to be able to, to make that happen and to see it happen in front of people, which was, I thought that was pretty cool. Both people are incredible, right? Yes. And you, and you, like three, three amazing people. I love, I love it. Oh, Stephen. Okay. Thank you. I think this is a really empowering episode and also really vital for people, for all of us. We all live in these bodies. So thank you. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you? So connection is usual. I'm on Instagram. It's Delta Hollywood on the Instagram thing. And just put SAS pod on your message to me because my, my account is private and then I'll get you connected. Great. Thank you. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at Lori Sase, L-O-R-I-S-A-S-E. Or my website, if you want to find out about coaching or sign up for my newsletter, I would love that, lorisase.com. And Thank you for being with us. We hope you have a great week. And we wish you health and wellness, and I'll see you guys next time. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>